Hello friends and welcome back to what might be the most erratically appearing podcast on the internet. We have a great show for you Paul A is here. This episode is a wild one recorded in between two of Paul's meetings, which means oh my god we are operating on a strict time limit. How will Johnny handle IT? If you guessed talking faster but saying less you are right. Anyways Paul gets some good jokes off and we learn about chickens. You're gonna love this ep. Ladies and gentlemen, it's long been the policy of this podcast that the release schedule is irregular. Months, I should have started with a lower number, days, weeks, months may pass between episodes and then when it finally returns. Why not two and two days? A truly terrible podcast release schedule for, uh, you know, accumulating listenership. But for my purposes, which are arbitrary, it's perfect. So we're back yet again. We've got a great guest on the other line. It's Paul Avanzino. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Johnny. Doing great. Doing great. Let's. We've got we've got some important uh, initial stuff to get into, but there's nothing more important than our initial question of Paul. Eat anything good lately? Can I do drink anything good lately? Honestly, given the state of things in the pandemic, that might be a good just note going forward. Maybe it should always be drink anything good lately until like, <laughs> we can properly do a restaurant. That's a fantastic idea. I'd love to hear about what, you've, what good you've had to drink lately. Good, because I didn't have a backup idea. <laughs> <laughs> good, because the answer number uh, two is fuck you, so you better say <laughs> So, um, so my nightly, maybe not nightly, but when I drink alcohol at night, um, early in my life, I would drink beer, but I've been moving away from beer. Um, and then I started drinking wine a little bit, but that's kind of boring to me and I can never pick out a good one. But whenever I go into a restaurant, I would always order cocktails if they had it. So I've been starting to make cocktails at night. Um, I haven't really gotten branched out too much, but um been making some cosmos. Um my fanciest drink is probably like a Pisco Sour. Um but it's been really fun. It's um Layla gave me a cocktail shaker Ooh. not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before. And so coming up on this Christmas I hadn't used it at all. So, <laughs> so I thought, well I better <laughs> I better break that thing out. So if I want to get another ones. present this year, it's important <laughs> yeah. I use the one I got last year. <laughs> So then I, yes, I used it. It's a lot of fun. It turned out a lot better than I thought. It's a lot easier than I thought uh, to make these things. The hardest part is just finding the ingredients. Um, I had to go to like some specialty, well, not specialty, uh, Bevmo, um, to find some of the ingredients. But it's been great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, have, I have a lot of follow-ups. <clears throat> um, first off, I, 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 the use of the cocktail shaker, it doesn't matter what you've got in there. You feel cool when you got it up there and you're doing it. You could be oh, making yeah. Yeah. a fucking water and wine because you're having the saddest event of your life. <laughs> and you're shaking that up like, oh, I'm cool right now. In a couple <laughs> seconds when I drink this, I'm going to be sad again. But right now, I'm a cool fucking dude. Um, oh, yeah, every time I shake, I think we're going to make a career change. <laughs> uh, what you, you said maybe your fantasy is a, is, I, I wrote a Pisco Sour, Pisco Sour. What is this? Yes. How do you spell Pisco. this to begin with? Uh, I think it's P-I-S-C-O. Okay. Pisco. 
Um, the that's the name of the alcohol is Pisco. It's from I don't know Peru or something like that. Someone else on the on the pod chain can probably correct me on that. But yeah, so it's Pisco sour. Um, it has so I had to go and find Pisco. I don't just sell it at my local grocery store. I had to go to Beppo to get that one. Um, it also uses egg white, a raw egg. So you mix it up, and then when you, sh- when you shake it with the other ingredients, like I think it has lime or something, maybe something else. But when you shake it up, it creates like a frothy pop oh, nice. to it. Yeah. There you go. And then you put some, um, some I forgot the name, like amaretto drops on top to give it a little bit more bitterness and a little color on top of the foam. Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, it, it sounds fantastic. Uh, I don't know what yeah. what Pisco is, but I'm going to have to learn more about it. Um, in the before times, before we, we couldn't do anything, uh, Gina and I used to go to a couple little like cocktail rooms around the area, and then I didn't even like recognize it myself. But at some point, Gina just said, man, you just sit down. And whatever's got egg whites in it, you just point at that and say that's what you want. And I was like, I, I guess that's honestly pretty true. I just I love the way how weird and creamy those drinks always tend to come out. So um, that that is very much up my alley. Uh, I will also note Gina and I also recently had a little run of Cosmos, which basically means like we decided we wanted Cosmos and then we bought a bottle of uh, Absolute Citrone. And so then we had it, and they were like, well, there's nothing else we're going to do with that. And so then we, we drank the bottle of uh, Absolute to uh, drink the Cosmos. And it was, it was a big hit. I had a really good time. It's very simple. And I, I guess I know why it's considered, like, a girly drink. But it's also a pretty gnarly drink if you make one with any strength at all. Like, it gets right after you. It should not be <laughs> considered, does. like, a, 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 a drink for waifs. Yeah, it's, it's sneaky. It depends on how it. You can you can easily slip into some extra in there. Yeah, the, that's so. that's really what it is. It's like I'm sure like if there's all you can make it whatever strength you choose to make it, but it is dangerous, and that is one that it will, it can carry a lot more vodka than you might traditionally expect mm-hmm. to be able to put in there without being like grossed out by drinking it. Yeah, um, for sure. Okay, that that's that's an extremely successful segment, and I think going forward. People should look out for Drink Anything Good Lately. That's a very fun idea. And now we're going to step back a little bit. We're going to give a peek behind the curtain. We have an, a, a quick topic on, I guess, I guess a meta topic, or to some extent. But uh, this is maybe even, it's just as much about me as it is you. We are, if it seems like we're going fast, it's because this is the first time I have recorded a podcast with someone who truly has a hard out. I've done I've done several where like, ah, this should not be more than an hour and a half or I'll be in trouble or whatever. But we are recording a podcast and you got on at 5.05 Central and you have a meeting at 6 p.m. Central. Is that correct? That is correct. So I am not good at doing the podcast in any circumstance, but of my flaws among them is certainly... Uh, superfluous longevity, uh, unrequested, uh, unwanted longevity. Uh, no follow-up jokes about other things. Uh, now, how do you feel? Do you feel like, I know we didn't have a long intro period. Uh, did you feel like rushed when we got on? We just had to jump right into it or did you feel okay with stuff? 
once we got started, I, I felt okay with it. I I was rushing because I knew that we had a limited time. And your and meeting I, ran a little bit late too. And my meeting ran long too. Yeah. So I was rushing. I like actually logged into the meeting and then forgot I wanted to wear some headphones because I could hear it better that way. So I had to go run and after I logged in, I had to go run and find my headphones. <laughs> so so then uh so yeah, but that yeah, it was it was fine. Oh, out. I think we're going to do a good job, but it did. There was a part of me because I knew like had to be right on point so that when you came out of your meeting, we could get started. And so I got everything set up and it was like four I'm going to keep saying central just to keep it clear. Cause obviously Paul and I not in the same, same time zone, but about four fifty central, I had everything set up and I sent Paul an email with the zoom link and all this. And I was like, what a conscientious host you are today and never any other day. Every person who's ever been on this podcast, including you in the past, knows that like the time we say we're going to do it is like when I turn my computer on. And so I, I felt like I was literally insulting everyone who's ever been on the podcast before by not being respectful of your time until today. So I apologize to everyone. Would not expect for changes there. But I bet it worked out pretty good today, though, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, so I I, 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 I was on it, and we're, we're just going to close. That's one of my concerns. You, you, yeah. That's what it would be very easy. Like, yeah, if I'm ten, for ten minutes late, but again, I have such a commitment to releasing more podcast content than people want. I thought, boy, if I am limited to an hour, I need the whole hour. I need as many seconds of that hour as we can get. Um, you're so a we're going to use professional. It. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. This isn't. I don't think I'm going to call this a, a new recurring segment. I actually do have an idea for a new recurring segment that we'll get to later if we have time. But this is just a couple of takes, a couple of things I've been thinking about, and then we're just going to talk through them, see if you agree, see if you disagree, see if we think these are good takes. Uh, now, if this is I don't, I don't think uh, will be a controversial take. Are you familiar with the? Uh, What's how do you how do you class up when you say uh, motion picture, feature length motion picture? How can I extend that? Right, it's a feature film, whatever, whatever. How you'd ever phrase that? Are you familiar with the uh, feature film, The Bucket List? Have I heard of the feature film, The Bucket List? Yeah, I don't think so. Boy, this is going to be bad for my take. <laughs> so, okay, now if I tell you there's a thing called a bucket list, do you know about that? Oh yeah. Yeah, I know the term. The Tell me about list. a bucket list. What's that? It's, the, it's like a list of things you want to do before you die. Perfect definition. What is the origin of that phrase? Now, besides, obviously, it's because it's the things I got to do before I kick the bucket, right? But do you yeah. know who, who came up with this or where this came from? I don't. Well, But now I want to know. I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't feel like... I heard a lot of people talking about having a bucket list before that movie, The Bucket List, came out. Uh, I keep saying bucket list. We're really putting my uh, little my screen over the microphone to the tester. We'll see how good a job it does. I should be more careful with that. Uh, and so I looked into it, and there's this movie, The Bucket List. It's got Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson in it, and they're like old cancer patients or something. This is from, like, let's say 2010, I don't know, 
We don't do research. Well, except I am going to review audio research, but I don't know what year this movie came out. But that time frame. And uh, they're like cancer patients, and then just randomly in a hotel room, a hospital room together. And then they start talking about their bucket list. Like, if I get out of here, here's what I want to do before I die. And the whole movie is just like boomer wish fulfillment. And they go out and like, I want to see the pyramids. And they're like riding camels around the pyramids doing all this shit. Terrible movie. Nobody liked it. But I looked into it and it sure does seem like that's the origin of the phrase. That's where really? this came from. That like there's a couple entries of like it being used in print before this, but it's not really the same context. And it's very minimal. And it really seems like this guy was like the screenwriter was like, a bucket list is a good idea, and I'm calling it a bucket list, and I'm going to write a movie about it. And it all happened. This sucks. All of this is terrible. Bucket list, terrible name for what this is. It doesn't really track. It's hard to guess what it is without already knowing what it is. You, the explanation is kind of the joke, but it's not even really a joke. What's What's a bucket list? List of things I want to do before I kick the bucket. Well, if you have to ask, it's not a good not a good name for the list. That sucks. Also, nobody gives a shit about it. You don't even know what this movie is. No, this is not a movie that stood the test of time in any sense, except it changed the way we talk. Like, it's part of the vernacular now. Do you think this is acceptable, or do you think we should look for a new phrase to describe a bucket list? Now that you put it that way, I think we should look for a new phrase. It, all it has going for it is momentum. I think there is an idea that pe- this is a this is an idea that appeals to people, like the list of things I want to do before I die. And obviously, there's other contexts. There's all those lists of like movies and albums, like oh, the thousand movies you must see before you die, and all these different things. That idea has been around forever, but calling it a bucket list. Why do you think bucket list has found itself to be so sticky? Why do you think bucket list has stood the test of time to the extent that it has? I mean, it's a nice. I mean, you, you enjoy saying it. Fun to say is exactly what I have in fun my notes. Fun to say. Fun to say. I think it's fun to say. Yeah, bucket list. Bucket list. It also kind of sounds like fucket list, which exactly. is honestly. Like, fuck it, this is my one chance. I mean, I guess you're really getting into, like, YOLO territory there. But I just, I don't think bucket list, despite being kind of fun to say, is really good enough here. Um, I, I've considered some alternatives. I kind of like kick it list. Because it's really the same idea, but instead of, it's about kicking, instead of, the bucket part, so it's it's like the same metaphor, but kick it actually does like you go. Oh, well, I'm going to kick it, man, and then like you're leaving. So at least you can kind of like the bucket thing is nothing. The bucket gets you. No one can get from bucket to kick the bucket on their own. Whereas kick it, you might actually get to departing for yourself. And kick it is still pretty pretty fun to say. Do you think kick it list? Hmm. I don't know. Those those I sounds in succession are not very much fun together. Kick it list because they're not yeah. quite the same. Now that I'm saying it out loud more, kick it list. <laughs> it kind of brings you down at the end. Yeah, because bucket. What bucket has going for you is it doesn't. It's a one step farther away from death. 
people don't generally enjoy thinking about their own demise. That is a great point. Kick it is more proximal to death. That is a good point. Maybe part of the appeal of this is that you people like the slight separation between yeah. between the, the the thing they're saying. It doesn't directly imprint in their brain as oh yeah that list of my death. The bucket list is more like oh yeah that's just fun things I do. When do you do them? Oh yeah, that's right before I die. Whereas mm-hmm. my alternatives are going to be more direct, are going to be disadvantaged in that way. Hmm. So do you think? Now, it could be this is just like one of those problems that's going to solve itself. You not knowing about the bugging list is is perhaps a positive. Maybe in another 10 years, the movie will just be gone from history. We won't know anything about it. And then it'll just be the bucket list. as no real connection to the film. It'll be like an oddity in history. That, oh yeah, there's a movie called that once, but nobody gives a shit about it. I do think the phrase "bucket list" is is way more popular than the movie. I never, I didn't know about that correlation between the phrase "bucket list" and the movie. Now that you've been talking about it, I do vaguely remember some movie with two old guys doing things, um, and it sounded like a terrible movie at the time, and it still sounds like a terrible movie. Yeah, I, I think it was it was very poorly received. And I want to say Rob Reiner directed this, but I could be wrong about that. Um, I also wonder, like, this is a thing I have noticed occasionally, but I don't know, like, now, but the bucket list perhaps was very financially successful, perhaps was not, but clearly it's, it's legacy is not people remembering the movie, but it is this phrase. And that is a thing that happens, but it's especially a thing that very occasionally happens like, I remember seeing that trailer, because this was in a period where I went to the movies a lot. I remember seeing that trailer all the time. And it always had that thing where, like, I want, I don't remember who says it to who, but, like, Jack Nicholson is like, yep, that's the next thing on my bucket list. And Morgan Freeman's like, what's a bucket list? And then he's like, list of things I got to do before I kick the bucket. And so it's like the beginning of that trailer is like laying the whole thing out for you. And so I think this could be one of those things where the trailer is really the impactful piece of art much more than the, uh, the, the film itself. And that people remember that trailer more than they remember that movie. Um, can you think of, I, I've got one example, but I've always been interested in the idea. I remember a movie when I was a kid or late kid. Uh, where I felt like nobody saw the movie, but everybody talked about this trailer. Do you know? Can, have you ever thought about this of, of things where the, the the trailer is much bigger than the movie? Uh, trailer. I mean, the one thing that sticks out. So, one time when I was a kid, I was walking around the mall, and somebody. I was walking around the mall. My brother and my mom. Somebody popped out a side door that I didn't know existed and say, "Hey." Do you want to watch a trailer for a movie? It's like, okay, <laughs> sure. So they brought us into some back dark room in the middle of the mall. We sat down in some dark room. They showed us a trailer of a movie and then asked for our feedback on it. What was it about and things like that. So that's the one trailer that I remember that really just sticks on my mind. I can't remember the name of the movie. It was – I bet if I looked up, I could find it, but um, – 
But yeah, but then I watched the trailer that actually came out, and it was completely different. Really? And it, and it so you really think that's what they were like testing different cuts of the trailer? It was that I think like that, yeah, granular at that I point. think they're exactly. Wow. They're testing different cuts of the trailer. That's um, really interesting. And I, I suppose it would make sense. You'd have to. You can't just show them all the trailers and then be like, "Which yeah. is like the best?" Because who knows what's useful there. That's that's really interesting. Um, when I was like a teen. I remember reading about how sometimes when you go and you walk around the mall, uh, there'd be people and they'd be doing like, like two couple of things might happen. One, you could be discovered as an actor or a musician, or they could be doing market research or test screenings or something like that. And somebody could be like, hey, come with us. We'll give you 20 bucks and you can watch this movie and it'll be fun. And I remember wanting to go hang out at the mall because that might happen. And then that's one of those things that, like, later in life I was wiser. I was like, I don't think that was happening at the mall in Galesburg, Illinois. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that just happens in, like, California and New York and maybe two other states. Like, nobody's rolling into Galesburg to be like, let's get some teens to find out if they, they like our trailers. It didn't come up a lot. Let's take the pulse of this small town. If only. Now, had they gotten us, we would have told them this bucket list thing is no good. Um, I think that's enough bucket list talk. Do you have any other thoughts on the bucket list? Anything else? I don't know. The more I say bucket list, I think I'm getting pulled into it. It's, it, it is it, fun to say. It's bucket list. It's pretty, yeah. You can start using it more. What's on your bucket list? Uh... Number one thing on my bucket list is moving along to the next segment, which is, uh, Paul, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? I don't have a fancy sauce. I'm going to use an old staple that we've been using more around our house, and that is sriracha. Oh, it's always a good time. It definitely had its time where people were like, "Oh, it's overrated; it's too much." But I think I think people have come back around and appreciated. Like, mm-hmm. not it's not on everything, but it has its place. What do you like to use your sriracha for? We use our sriracha, so we have two children, obviously, and uh, they eat a lot of macaroni, macaroni and cheese, and then we have leftover macaroni and cheese, and to spice it up, drop some sriracha on there, eat it up. Um, number two is. Uh, we have we have chickens that we have in our backyard, and we get eggs from them. So we have to constantly be eating eggs, and so we started making soft boiled eggs Ooh. with some sriracha on there. That's that also a nice, good, healthy snack. Regular old stir fries, and I think it's I think it's underrated now. You know, it, had, it definitely had its day. But then people forgot about it, moved on to fancier hot sauces, and uh, give it give it another go. It, it definitely is the sort, it became like too memeish, and then there was mm-hmm. backlash. And so, sure, like, I don't want to wear a sriracha t shirt. I don't need a sriracha tattoo, but yeah. I do need sriracha in my refrigerator all the time. Exactly. Um, I it think, got too big for its own britches. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and, and who even knows the extent? Maybe they were like a, just a, a passive, maybe they were the GameStop of sauce, and they're just like, what is happening to us? Why are we going to the moon? Why are we back here now? What a strange thing. We didn't actually do this, but uh, probably don't get the Sriracha logo or dollar sign GME tattooed on your forehead, even though I'm sure lots of people are doing that right now. 
Um, I think it's great. I, eggs are my, I mean, I guess that, that's not any big exciting thing to be like, I like hot sauce on my eggs. But I do think that uh, that is, for me, sriracha is like the supreme hot sauce for eggs. Uh, how, how's, how's having a bunch of chickens going? How do you like that? It's been fun. It's been um, more expensive than I would say <laughs> I anticipated. Um, just all the peripheral stuff. So, yes, yeah, so we got we usually got two chickens, and then uh, that was going fine. And then we got two more chickens, and then one of those chickens uh, died. We think a raccoon got it in the middle of the night. And yeah, so we found it. Anyways, don't get into the details, but. Yeah. Um, so then we had, but the, the, the two chickens and the two chickens didn't get along very well. They couldn't sleep in the same coop. And so the one chicken was lonely. So we had to get two mm. more chickens to keep that one chicken lonely. So now we have five chickens. But, uh, the thing about chickens is they like to eat all of the new growth, like in your backyard. So they're eating all the plants. So we had to build a wall. Um, to keep them like separated, like on like a side, like sloped area of our backyard. So we had to spend a bunch of money to like build a retaining wall, <laughs> and then build. <laughs> so we spent yeah, so we spent a bunch of money to build a retaining wall that costs thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh my goodness! And then build a fence, and then I spent a lot of time building a fence on top of that. And within two days, the chickens figured out a way to get over the fence. And so we couldn't figure out exactly how. And then eventually we found out that they were jumping on top of the coop and then jumping over the fence. So we had, then we had to move the coops. I think that solved the problem. So now they're contained within this side yard, within our yard. Um, but anyways, it's fun. <laughs> that is not at all the answer I was expecting. You said, like, oh, the chickens are a little more expensive than we thought. I was like, oh. The price of chicken feed went up. What a shame! <laughs> but no, that is that is way off. Like, like I, it would be very hard to make. I mean, I guess the the quality of eggs and and then the experience of having these uh, apparently extremely smart animals around your children. How can you put a price on that? But uh, yeah, you really can. Boy, it, it is not. It is not at all what I thought. Uh, do do can can you play with the chickens? Do you hang out with the chickens, or do they just kind of have that space and you can observe the chickens? It's more of the latter that... That, was, that would have them, been my guess, yeah. Some of them are more friendlier than others. The one that died was probably by far the friendliest. Of would come course, up that sucks. Would, yeah, that's always how it is. They would, they would come up and, like, you know, jump on your shoulder and, uh, you know, fall around your feet and you can feed it and, and stuff. Um, two, of the chicken, yeah, two of the chickens, they generally just stay away from us. Um, the other three, you can pick them up, and the kids will hold them. And um, they're not like the cuddliest birds, <laughs> <laughs> but but they're fun to watch. They're kind of funny to watch, just running around and things like that. Um, when I was in high school, my dad put a, a pretty large koi pond in the backyard and started. And then put a bunch of koi in it, and it had a big waterfall, and it was very cool. And uh, because it was so big, the fish would grow much bigger than you would expect to see koi grow. So it was really cool. And they got a lot of them, and they they get different colors. And they had one that was this weird, like brownish gold, and it got to be probably the second or third biggest. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I, 
I hesitate to say because I'm going to say this and then somebody's going to Google it, Pat Polk, and be like, well, Koi can't get that big. But in my head, this Koi was 18 inches long at least and very hefty and thick. It was a, it was a big fish. Like if you went fishing and you caught this fish, you'd be happy. Um, and then eventually he was throwing, he would always come up. He'd be like, when my dad would come out to feed the fish, he'd be like the first one up. And eventually my dad got to where he'd put his finger in and this fish's name was Puppy Dog. Puppy Dog <laughs> would come up and he'd suck on my dad's finger very friendly. And he was wow. the only one who would do it. And because <laughs> that's how it works, God damn, if a toad didn't come in and attack one fish in the entire fucking pond and it was <sighs> Puppy Dog and it killed him. Like he like he like tore his eye out and did all this stuff. He was a mess and then he lived for like Jeez. two days and died. And it was like a very sad time around the house. And it's why is it got maybe that's what it is. Maybe they're just like so innocent. Maybe this nice chicken was like, Oh, my friend the raccoon is here. Went to say hey and then that's how it goes. But it, it sucks that it has to work out like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, like we had we had a cat we had a cat named Eleven who was just the sweetest cat we yeah, ever had. I can vouch for Eleven's extreme sweetness, yes. Yeah, and he he died tragically at four or five. Now you got all these jerk cats going to live forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have two jerk cats. (laughs) Going to outlive you. They'll be raising the chickens soon. It'll just be gone. They'll be like, yeah, we got this. Yeah, one more chicken story is, so chickens normally they're supposed to go back to their coop at night and sleep at night on their own. Well, this one chicken that we have after... The one chicken died. The the buddy one solo chicken. He stopped going back to his coop. He would go and fly up into a tree. And so, for a while there, every night I'd have to pull out a ladder on the slope hill, <laughs> climb up to the top of the ladder as far as I can go, and like reach as oh, far wow. as I can to get this stupid chicken out of the tree. And I kept thinking, like, you know, one of these days I'm gonna fall off this ladder and like break my back or something. <laughs> I got to describe how did you break your back. On the top of a ladder on a slope trying to get my chicken down. My daughter was up in the tree. (laughs) That's the ticket. Um, Well, I think that's a great sauce. Oh, I have one last question. Do the the chickens just, do they like lay an egg every day? How does that work? Um, Not every day, maybe like every three days or so. Okay. Um, when they, it's been erratic. So during the winter, they lay fewer eggs. It has something to do with the amount of light that they receive. And then also, we didn't know this, but also chickens molt. And when they molt, they stop laying eggs for like a month or two. So right now we have three egg laying chickens and we've gotten f- four eggs over the past two days. Okay. So that's like, a little bit more than typical, but, you know, I think if in that production facility, they can, you know, have the right breed of chicken and give them extra light so they can get an egg every day. But we don't do any of that stuff. We have some, like, different breeds. Well, I was dependent on the breed of chicken, too. Eggs and eggs are pretty weird. Like, I don't, I definitely do not really <laughs> understand eggs. I know. Everything either. that goes into that. Like, I read, I read stuff. I don't really, I, I like eggs a lot. I'm glad they exist. But like, if you just, 
if eggs didn't exist and they entered the market, I would not be interested in eggs. I'd be like, this is a weird food that you have offered me. I do not want it. But They're very weird. Like the first egg we got, I was like, what, are we supposed to eat this? You just found it in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> got some rocks out there too. Like if we're just trying to it, it'll work. Who knows? Cats leave stuff around the house sometimes. We don't eat that. Um, okay. This is this is another uh, next segment is another just a take. This is much briefer than the bucket list stuff. What's your, how, what's your relationship with skiing? I've I've only been snowboarding. I've okay. never been skiing. Um, I am not a fan. It's a lot of work just to get up there. It's cold. Uh, you fall a lot. You get injured and hurt and yeah it's it doesn't appeal to me all that much okay. maybe if i was a better skier it'd be funner but well generally down on it i'll begin with i've never been skiing but that's on purpose if i wanted to go skiing so bad i wouldn't have done it it looks terrible i don't like to be in the cold i uh i don't want to hang out with the people who are going skiing I don't want to fall down a hill and hurt myself, which I will definitely do, so I'm out on it anyway. But the other day, it occurred to me, when was skiing invented? And we can just say the past, a while back, not like 1908, right? So for the majority of the history of skiing, what's hard about skiing is getting to a place you can ski. Like you have to walk up a mountain. And then you can slide back down. I would estimate that the actual act of skiing down the mountain is at most 10% of what is hard about skiing. Walking up a mountain is hard. Sliding back down on your sticks isn't easy, but it's, it, it's not so bad. I say skiing doesn't count if you do not walk up the mountain. If you take a ski lift and do anything <laughs> else, you did not ski. You're just fucking around in the snow. What do you think of that? When I was, when I was a kid, like... I, I think, I don't know how we got in the conversation, but my parents said, well, if you want to go skiing, you have to walk up the mountain. That's, that was like good like, parents. Oh, yeah. forget that. I'm not going to, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> or, and I was like, but there is, you know, obviously, isn't there ski lifts? Well, I was like, oh, you have to pay for ski lifts. That's expensive. You, you have to walk up the mountain. It's like, okay, I'm not going to ask to go skiing. <laughs> now I know that's a thing I don't want to do. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused, thought I wanted to go skiing. Now I see my mistake. <laughs> yes. But now as an adult, I think, obviously, you just pay for the little. No. Were I forced to do the thing on sticks where you slide down, I would want to buy the ski lift. But it should just be called a lift because you're not skiing. If you don't walk up the mountain, you're just fucking around in the snow. Like, I fuck <laughs> around in the snow sometimes. It can be fun. By the way, I don't ever actually do that. That was a complete lie I just said. I live in Minnesota, and I do the I do less snow-based activity than anyone. <laughs> you probably do more than me. Uh, I guess unless you count, like, I fell down in the yard the other day or something like that. But uh, I hate the snow. I don't want to go skiing. And if I did, I wouldn't count it unless. I mean, it does, it does build character walking up the mountain. I definitely see that. With my kids, when we go sledding, seeing them trudge up the mountain gives them some adversity that they don't see in their lives otherwise. So there is definitely positives to 
walking up the mountain. It, it also feels like that would really, yeah, like you say, it adds a lot. It feels like you really know what that, that hill or mountain you walked up is. Or if you just get placed up there, then you're just like, well, this is just another place. But like, no, I've seen, I know what this is. I, I walked all the way up here. I guess the only other the problem with what I'm saying is sometimes, what if you live on top of the mountain and you ski down? I guess the answer is, as long as you walk back up to your house at the end, it's still skiing. But if like you're moving out and you put all your stuff on your back and then you <laughs> ski down the mountain, not skiing, just fucking around in the snow, albeit with, you'd probably go really fast if you put like a heavy weight on your back. Is that a thing? People do. Do people try to use weights to ski faster? This probably doesn't it should work. be. Yeah, the, the, now, you're the engineer. You should be able to. Like this, this <laughs> makes sense, right? We're not going to cancel all of our gains out with some friction issues. We're gonna we're gonna go faster if we have heavy stuff on our back. That's a good question. I want to answer that in front of getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really just downside. The moment I call, like, you're an engineer. You know about stuff. Now you just have to be right. That sucks for you. <laughs> I could just talk shit all day like, once we put it on you. It's like an interview question yeah. that I was seeing by... Yeah. <laughs> Draw me a chart showing how much faster you'll get with a thousand pound sack on your back before you ski down <laughs> this mountain. Probably, maybe it's how steep the mountain is. Like, if it's not that steep, I bet it just pushes you into the ground too much. Well, that's Ed's uh, baseless conjecture segment of the podcast. I have to draw it out. <laughs> I like the idea, like, three days from now, I get, like, a series of pictures from you of, like, cocktail napkins, like, 17 in a row. Like, this is the answer. Go through this. Can add it to the notes section of the podcast. <laughs> well, uh, keeping on point, it is 5.44 p.m. Central Time. We, we've discussed you, you have a hard out because you have a meeting at six central, but like how much leave do you want? Do you want to look at 10 minutes here? Do you want five minutes? Do you want me to literally, you just leave at exactly six o'clock and it cuts off. And I don't even know. What would your preference be here? Uh, give me five minutes. Okay. We have time for one more new segment. Potentially if it goes okay, no pressure, a new ongoing segment. Let's talk about some grocery store cookies. Do you like grocery store cookies in general? And I, yeah. I, when I say grocery store cookies, I mean like made. Oh, the ones that come in those, cl those clamshells? I'm not talking about those. Oh, oh. You, know, that, you know what? I guess those would be, today we're not talking about those. I think the idea of this will be we'll discuss a new one each time. And we're just focusing on cookies you can get at the grocery store. And not like the super fancy grocery store like so, we could do like you get. You see what I'm getting at? Like it can come from the bakery section at the grocery store, but we're still going to speak in generalities. But today, we're not going all the way into uh, the bakery section. We're staying in the shitty cookie part of the store. How do you feel about Chips Ahoy? Now, as an adult, I would never buy. Chips Ahoy. Agreed as a kid, as a kid, that was a large proportion of the cookies that I ate because I think they're on price price point. 
you know, the people who are buying the cookies would make me walk up the hill to go put it down. <laughs> so for the volume of cookies you could buy, I think that's why we probably ate those as a kid, but now I wouldn't. I would never put that in my mouth. The sugar to dollar ratio is so high. They just had no, it's like, this is what's coming home. It's too bad. Uh, no, that's, I think that's, it's, it is weird that these are seen as such like a common ubiquitous cookie when in fact they are terrible. I, they are not a good, they, they think about that compared to any other chocolate chip cookie that isn't like a store brand Chips Ahoy. Like it's so much worse. You could, if you encountered a cookie as bad as that, you would never eat it. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is confusing to me that uh, it exists now. When you were a kid, so okay, I, I want to. I think we both agree we're just not buying this. I, I I have how frequently, but the answer is none. We just don't eat this kind of cookie. And there are yes. shitty store cookies I will eat occasionally. This is off the table. When you were a kid, how did you eat them? Um, I think I, I mean, I generally just eat them straight. I think I did dip them in my, in some milk on occasion and get them a little soggy. That's how I'd eat them too. I also, I, I think that they benefit when, when I, they benefited greatly from dipping them in milk because that is the, the biggest problem is they are so hard and crumbly. And so yeah, giving yourself any advantage there, any moisture, you like maybe we can get to something resembling an acceptable cookie experience that is, is worth the sugar and calories you're eating because otherwise it's just not there. Um, do you uh, have much familiarity with any of the Chips Ahoy offshoots? Do you, do you have, did you ever have the chewy, the chunky, the weird M&M ones? Oh, briefly, maybe like later, like a teenager time frame. I think we expanded into those a little bit. Um, I, as a kid, I generally liked the chewy ones mm-hmm. because I, my parents would always buy the, the hard ones and I was, and so the chewy ones were kind of a novelty. So if I'd go to like a friend's house or something, I had chewy ones, I would just eat those up. That it, it's very strange. I, that is exactly my experience. My parents would absolutely right. never get the, like, like we'd get the regular chips away, but like, Oh, the chewy ones, those are trash. I don't see why. I mean, I don't understand yeah. why they're chewy. Those are weird too. I'm not eating a bunch. I'm not eating <laughs> chewy chips away now either. But I often like if I was somebody. I remember one time I went to my grandma's house and she had, you know, not like, like the stereotypical like oh grandma made cookies. It was she had chewy chips ahoy. Oh my god, grandma kicks ass. She's got the good <laughs> stuff. But I don't know. I mean, what? Why? I mean, all of these are not not any good. But those are plainly better. And yet I think they were commonly cited as like, oh, that's, that's not as good. Those are worse. Don't get those. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. But I think that was a thing early in college. Like when I had like, now I've established my freedom. I can do what I want. I'm mm-hmm. buying the fucking chewy chips. <laughs> There's probably a period yeah. in like when I was like 19. Right. That was like the peak <laughs> of my chewy chips. Ahoy consumption. And then maybe right off a cliff thereafter. Um, same, same. We don't. We don't need chips. Do you think chips? Do you think it's? I guess it is very telling in all likelihood that I, when you think of the most common cookie, you think probably think of a chocolate chip cookie, but there is mm-hmm. no like mass market chocolate chip cookie that's good, is there? That's a good point. I don't think there is. It's always whenever I buy 
a chocolate chip cookie like from the grocery aisle, it's always a disappointment. Yeah. Um, like the home baked chocolate chip cookie is just so much better. I don't know what it is. Maybe the chocolate's a little more melted or something, but that's a good point. I never thought about that. There's no like mass market chocolate chip cookie. That's yeah. really satisfying. I guess if you think about the, like not, we don't want to spoil future uh, versions of this segment, but if you do think about the mass market cookies you are at least occasionally pleased with, they do tend to be pretty crunchy. So it, it could just be that that's how it has to be, that like you're going to need a hard, crunchy cookie if you're going to sell this many of them. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think we agree on two things. One, Chips Ahoy sucks. Oh, wait, one more thing. Chips Ahoy, I guess that's a, a Navy pun. It's like Chips Ahoy. Oh, you, I never thought about I never that. really thought yeah. about it either, but I guess that's what it is. So this is probably, is this like a World War II cookie? Maybe they, maybe they made these cookies because they could send them abroad and they'd stay fresh for a long time because they're so hard and gross. Just ship them out by the barrel. Perhaps this would be a good uh, segment for me to do research on before the next one. Probably not going to happen. Anyway, we are almost out of time. We have time for just one final segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Well, at night when we're drinking our cocktails, so I, I basically watch two shows. I watch one show on my own when I exercise, and then I watch one show with Layla at night. And so the one show with Layla at night we've been watching is Red Oaks. Um, it's an Amazon Prime show. Um, it's about some uh, – takes place at like a private country club like back in the 80s and all the shenanigans that go on there. It's a comedy. Um, I really enjoy it. It's a really great show. I think everyone should check it out. Red Oaks. I got to say, I guess I'm just out of the loop. I have no idea what this is, but it sounds fun. Yeah, it came out um, three or four years ago. There's only three seasons of it, but it's really solid. We just finished the first season. Nice. Uh, really good. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, I have a plug that will probably not apply to most of you, but if it does apply to any of you, you'll be thrilled to follow up on it. Uh, when I moved into my current apartment, there was a plastic thing next to the door where a doorbell used to be. And then there was a note above it that says doorbell doesn't work. And then I recently, and then I just was like, I guess I don't have a doorbell for like two years, but I recently got like a very inexpensive wireless doorbell and it's so much fun. It, I guys like a million settings. And then like, I don't have to be like, I used to be so paranoid that like my, like the bedroom in my house is like far from the entryway. I thought, if I have some delivery or something and they want to like get at me, I'm never going to hear. So I got to go stand out there for an, the last hour of when I think the delivery person is coming. Sucks. Now I got two doorbells. They're all spread out. Two doorbell like receiver sound things spread out through the house. This costs like $20 and took nothing to set up. If you don't have a doorbell, be sure to get a doorbell. Everybody's probably got a doorbell though. Well, uh, Paul, it's been a lovely time. Thank you so much for coming on, especially in our, our tight scheduling circumstances. I really appreciate it. Thank you, John. Uh, appreciate it being on the show. I had a great time. Had a very good time. Best wishes in the interview.